0: than playing not to lose um much much uh requested topic by many of you guys published out a video oh gotta mute this here there we go uh put out a video earlier on today kind of uh summing up what this new series will be all about gonna have rotating guests it's gonna be a lot like before the train wreck uh you guys be able to click to join and ask questions of course during the show um I get a little exhausted sometimes talking to people about uh, sexual marketplace and women because um, I think guys put way too much emphasis on that when they should be putting more on themselves and looking internally and building a better version of themselves and their dent in the universe. And I see a lot of guys that just look for the cheat codes to life. And there are no cheat codes in the show. We got none for you tonight. <laughs> With me uh, on this episode, I got Scott Carr. How you doing, Scott? Hey, great. Thank you for having me, Rich. Yeah, man, haven't had you on in probably about a year now, but uh, you know, you've been a good friend and a good friend of the channel. You're the, you're the Grandyke Soap Company. You're the tactical soap guy and tactical beard oil. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to rotate entrepreneur guests on this show uh, as we're broadcasting. I got about a dozen lined up. Uh, you might see some guys come back later on in the future. So if you enjoy a, a particular guest, let me know in the comments. Um Before we kick off, I wanted to really define what playing to win versus playing not to lose looks like. Um, the best example of it is, well, let me grab the link to that video. Um, you guys can check that out later, uh, but I just want to drop it in the chat so it's there. How's my audio, by the way? If my audio is a little low, let me know. I can, I can crank up the gain a little bit. Some people sometimes complain it's on the lower side. Um, but that's the link to the video that I'm going to r- reference. I'm going to share my screen here so we can get on with the explanation because a good visual, I like good visuals, right? Uh, share screen and that's it right there. And sharing and that should put us off to the side. Now that didn't work. Let's try this again. Share screen application window. Boom. Okay. That's better. Uh, hopefully you guys can see that okay. It might be a little tougher on a mobile screen, but here we go. So this is what playing to lose looks like. Playing to win is going for gold. It is, it is going to be the best that you can possibly be in your category. Um, Elon Musk is playing to win in the automotive industry. Uh, he's playing to win in space, but he's also competing up against guys like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, slightly different models. But all three of those men are playing to win in their category. Uh, playing not to lose looks very different, okay? Playing not to lose looks something like what I'm about to show you over here. So these are some comments that came out of the video that I posted today. Some people uh, might be deemed as haters, others just might be confused. Um, I sometimes like to say that haters are just confused admirers. <laughs> you ever notice that, Scott? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> let me just go through these before we start taking some callers because I got some people waiting. Uh, what I'll do is I'll post the join link actually before I get over to reading this on the screen. Uh, Copy to clipboard and drop in here. So that StreamYard link that I just posted is a join link. So if you got a question, you can click that and get in queue um, and then you'll be able to pose it to us. So this first one over here says, I'm too stupid to pour piss out of your boot. I'm not sure if that's his name or the opening, but he says 300K a year. So the story here with this dude was I had a coaching call and he was a young man. I think he was about 23. Uh, makes a great income, makes $300,000 a year working in a very niche industry um, in the GTA. And he's thinking about branching off. He wants to play to win. He wants to put a dent in the universe. He wants to look for a greater opportunity to uh, magnify and multiply basically to 10x his life. So he says, this guy over here who's playing not to lose, which is the other side of it, says 300k a year is pretty good. I wouldn't want to give that up. What if he went out on his own and failed? Dear God. (laughs) What if he went out on his own and failed, Scott? Did that thought ever cross your mind when you started up your business?
1: No. no, Right?
0: You know, uh, failure is always out there. And to me, it's what scares the the guys that make it to make it because they know that they can screw up pretty badly, right? Anyway, so what if he went out on his own and failed, Scott? (laughs) Could he (laughs) return to his job? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, my thinking is that job for 10 years, make 300K a year, but live at 50,000 and save to invest the rest. And then by your 30s, you'd have well over a million dollars and you'd have the rest of your life to do whatever you want it. That's one way to play it. But if we're being honest, that's playing not to lose. That's playing it on the safe side of things. Um, people that play not to lose, they'll go out and they'll get the cushy job that pays them a good pension. And they've got 18 weeks off you know, throughout the year. That's playing not to lose, right? You get your little, you know, uh, Timex watch when you retire and all that sort of stuff. That's what playing not to lose is. Here's another comment over here. I just want to read this one as well. Not sure about the strategy with 300K at 23. That's astronomical for a 23-year-old. If I were him, I would live in, again, on 50,000, invest well. Uh, he could have a million by 30 in pocket money. This guy said 50 or anyway. Uh, and then let's go playing to win at that time. Again, this is another guy that's playing not to lose. This guy's a little bit different in his approach. He says, a 23-year-old kid making $300,000 $300, a year in retail, work for somebody else, five years old experience, probably no college degree. I would love to know exactly what this young man is doing. Well, too bad. That's private and confidential. <laughs> when I coach somebody, it's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> but I can assure you, if he's paying me $1,100 an hour, he is doing what he say he's doing. Okay, I don't put out BS content like some people out there. So he says either one. He works for his family multi-generational business and he's being handed premium accounts and leads. No. He's a drug dealer. No. He's completely full of crap and lives in fantasy land. No. There is no fourth option to this. Well, why would you consider a fourth option, which is playing to win? Why? When, you're, when your mindset automatically defaults to playing not to lose. That is the mindset of somebody playing not to lose. They're not they're not looking to win. And then this is the last one that I want to read before I close off the screen here is these people telling you they make 300K are lying to you. Less than 1% of the population earns that. A 23-year-old makes 300K he so we've been doing it for five years. Come on. Guys, that is what playing not to lose looks like. Scott, what would you do if, you were, if your employers or your kids started regurgitating lyrics like that?
2: I would be very disappointed. For, for one thing, I think a lot of a lot of society doesn't know anybody that makes 300 grand a year. And so they think it's a lie. I mean, you know, 300 grand
0: a year is, 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 is pretty much peanuts in the grand scheme of things. I mean, if you want true financial uh, freedom, like you're basically starting if you live in a big city in North America at 300 grand a year. Right. 300 grand a year right. in, in, in Thailand, maybe somewhere in the Caribbean or maybe Colombia or something like that might might take you a long ways. You might live like a, a king. But for North American cities where you're heavily taxed, uh, where the cost of living is quite high, it's a starting point. Right. Woods, and he, right? It,
2: what's funny is there's talking about, oh, say live on 50 grand. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that.
0: You can, for- but your commute to work every day is going to be about three hours. Right. Each way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're going to live on 50
0: grand and you've got
2: 300. I just, I mean, it's, it's as rare as a 23 year old making 300 K.
0: It's rare. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the difference is between playing to win and playing not to lose a playing to win concept. I mean, a great book to read, uh, to get the notion through your head. If it's something that you're interested in learning about, uh, Richard Branson wrote a book called losing my virginity. It's an old one. It's probably one of the first books uh, that I read that kind of led me down the path of entrepreneurship. So I highly recommend it. In fact, I will put it in my recommended reading list. I need to add that book there for sure. Um, It's basically his own biography. Um, You know, he co-wrote it. He talks about everything from, you know, his student magazine to being thrown in jail for uh, shipping records from France to Britain um, and everything that happened in between that. That is a guy that plays to win in his life. He doesn't, he doesn't okay. make excuses. You can either have results or you can have excuses, right? Right. You can't have both, though. Nah. But <laughs> excuses are sweet, though. They're pretty easy because all you got to do is just point and sputter and blame somebody else for your failure. People like to do that all the time. That's the truth. It is. All I right. read that
2: book, though. That's a great book. I read that book many years ago. It's
0: a great book. There is another one that I don't have on my shelf over here, uh, Brian Tracy's Maximum Achievement. Did you ever read that one?
2: Yes, I did.
0: What other ones were, were a catalyst for you? I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious.
2: Yeah. I I read Think and Grow Rich like everybody did. Solid. Yeah. Fantastic. And and there's a couple of, of, there's one book that really, really changed my life. And it's by a guy named Charles Givens. He's, he's the late Charles Givens. He passed away, Mm -hmm. but he wrote a book called super self. And the concept was you calculate what your hourly worth is and you calculate in your time off, and if there's anything around your house or things that need done that you can do for less than your hourly rate, you hire it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Outsource. And, yeah.
2: yeah. And, and so you hire a housekeeper, you hire people to work on your car, you hire people to go get your groceries and you can focus on what it is that you do. And that right. was just, that was really, really big for me. So it's still out there on Amazon. It's called uh super self.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to dig that up. It sounds a lot like um, Ari Mizell's uh, book. Uh, I can't remember right now, but but he had this uh, degenerative disease in his intestines, and he basically had to figure out how to outsource and automate pretty much area every area of his business because he was so stressed out. Family, right. you know, family of five, and he had a lot lot of stuff going on. Um, but I definitely co-signed that. Like a lot of guys will run these like small boutique types of businesses or even do things where they're where they're just doing totally unproductive things over and over again like i'll give you a, a very good example because we're doing it right now like we're on a live broadcast for me to create this content and to put it out all i really have to do is generate the event which takes a few minutes upload a thumbnail and then start the broadcast i don't have to edit on a slice and dice or anything like that there's no end cards nothing this is the easiest way for me to create content which lets me focus on better content right um, um, so I think it's incredibly important that you, that you, you know, find your way about trying to optimize, optimize, sorry, and automate as many systems as possible. Did you, did you ever read four hour work week? Yeah, I did actually. I, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'll never forget reading that book because, um, I went through it when I had dengue fever in Barbados. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't leave the damn Island cause I had like a wicked fever. My body was sore as hell. It's some like <sighs> weird, um, uh, Mosquito-borne disease, but I listened to that book I think twice um, while I was down there. I made copious notes um, over it, but that was—I mean—that book itself is really, really not about working four hours a week. It's more about—and even the four-hour chef that he followed up with, because I was talking to uh, Tim about this at a mastermind event that I had in Napa a number of years ago. But he said it was basically about um, uh, outsourcing and automating as many systems as possible and getting rid, like basic shit, like autoresponders. Like when I email you and then you email me back, you see that autoresponder, right? Sure. Sure. And everybody gets that. And like, what does that say? It, it basically says, Hey, look, you know, my time's precious. Here's all the stuff that you need to know if you want to connect with me, let's go. Right.
2: Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a, a great book for me to read. And there's another one that I just wanted to throw out there that you may not have read. It's pretty new. I believe it's called a company of one,
0: I haven't heard that one. Who uh, wrote A that? company.
2: Uh, I, I have to look up the author, but he he talks about how with the internet, with automation, and mm-hmm. with outsourcing, you can grow a multi multi million dollar company being one guy.
0: Yeah. Like, is your is your company set up with employees or is it set up with contractors? I have or a combination um, of both.
2: I don't have a single employee. So they're and all I, contractors. Right. So I, your company
0: one then. So you're so you're basically living what so what does that look like can you can you maybe kind of break it down for people so they understand because you're in physical product right like you ship yeah physical physical product
2: product. physical product is i would much i'm not going to say i'd much rather but a digital product is a lot simpler but but physical product i'm in love with but i um i started out you know with a small soap maker Mm -hmm. and i did all fulfillment i did all customer service i did everything and then uh, as we grew i outsourced the making of the soap to a big company and i basically make up the formulas and ship it to them and they make the soap
0: mm-hmm.
2: i um once i got to over 80 what about the orders, packaging
0: and the and like the labels and stuff
2: the packaging i i i use fiber and design crowd and my guy mm-hmm. and i i got my my guy did the boxes with my assistants
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so um he's not an employee he's just a guy that you know I pay him when he does something for me.
0: It's contracted. Yeah. I,
2: I use design crowd for my logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if I use Fiverr for anything for this what company. What do you use
0: for uh, fulfillment when you get orders? Fulfillment. I use a company
2: called Easy Post. Yeah. And once you get, and here's the thing, here's the thing, Rich, you can, that I got caught up in, you know, when your orders get big and you're filling them and it's taking, it's taking you half a day and you're carrying like two dead bodies of soap out of your house every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It feels like, like you're doing something. And so you have to let, I had to let go of that. You know, the bank account is what really needs to, you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. But so once I got above 80 orders a month, I outsourced it to a company called easy post. There's a couple of others ship ship Bob, I think is one of them, but easy post. Uh, they do a really great job. The orders come in, they ship them. If there's a problem, they handle it.
0: What do they do? do? They end up drop shipping it from a warehouse. So the order comes I, in, they get notice, and they ship it out right away.
2: Yeah, they they yeah. store it in their warehouse. It's got SKUs and scans, and you know, back in the day, I didn't even have you know the little code that they could scan. I had to put those on the boxes. And, yeah, yeah. But they scan them and and they keep up with inventory tracking and.
0: Yeah, it's incredible it, that you got it to the point where you're the only salaried employee, and everything else is contracted out.
2: That's that's the only way I'll do anything anymore, almost yeah. because
0: just because more people, more problems. Did you ever have a, have like bad experiences with, um, employees in the past? No, I, we've, uh, I've
2: always kept it. I always flown it low to the ground and never mm-hmm. had too many employees, but we've, I've had up to, I'd say I've had five employees. Yeah.
0: I think but I'm going to dedicate go an entire show at one point on employees when it comes to stuff like this, because it's an interesting conversation to have too. For sure. But, but I, um. I started with this company. I
2: started, what are the activities I want to do? And the things that I like to do is come up with product and I like to not be tied to a physical location. Mm -hmm. And if you have employees, they're kind of looking at you if you're, Oh yeah, I'm in LA this weekend. I'm just hanging out, but I'm working, you know, I can work on my phone. But if you have employees, they, they get that crab in a bucket. Yeah. yeah, they get that crab in a bucket mentality where they they resent you for the life that you live.
0: How so, dare you for taking yeah. on that risk, Scott, and traveling <laughs> yeah. and enjoying your life and working independently, free and not tied to a desk. Shame it's on you! It's absolutely the truth. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's the playing not to lose. You know, thinking right, like that's exactly. the playing not to lose mentality that holds people back. Point point and sputter. Well, go do the work, right? Like that's my yeah. thought. on it um i want to throw some people on to join us we got a a bunch here waiting uh sam looks like you're up here first so you have a question for us fire away are you muted or i think you might be muted on your phone so i'll let you go Willie, i'm gonna put you on Willie, how you doing brother hey
4: good how you guys doing
0: good man you got a question for us tonight
4: uh, you know, actually, I didn't. Um, I didn't really have a question. I just had something to share. Basically, have, I've gone from the corporate world recently, and uh, for the past, uh, I'd say four or five years, I've been scaling up a business at the same time. And one of the things I noticed is is the mindset shift that I have along the way, going from a business owner to an employee, business owner, and employee, and and the difference. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can relate, but. Um, it's just phenomenal. Your mindset and how you look at the world and how you carry yourself is different depending on what situation you, you're in. So it, it, it was different. just... Kind
0: of, How's it different? Can you kind of contrast the difference sure. between being the employee versus running your own thing?
4: Well, if, if, if you're the employee, it feels like you're in school or you know, it feels like you know you have to definitely carry water for your employer and, and do exactly what they say. And, and, and the more corporate uh environment that you're in uh the more that that applies mm-hmm. so uh whereas in your own business you, you have the freedom of thought freedom of action freedom of your time freedom to fail freedom to win and it's just it's just completely different and absolutely uh, the so, level of the jo- level of joy absolutely to great too yeah, yeah satisfaction so you know i i heard you talking earlier both of you gentlemen uh were talking about some questions people were having like uh and, and you phrase it as playing not to lose well i don't know if if you're an employee for an indefinite amount of time I and mean, I, I have been so I, I don't knock it at all but uh, it's I, I don't know if you can really say on the long term you're not losing uh, if, if you have an opportunity for entrepreneurship in front of you and you don't take it, um, I don't know. I, I think you'd be missing out if you didn't take it personally. You're definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Missing out.
0: yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's no greater path to like truth, like freedom. A lot of guys will bang on and preach about um, just unplugging and disconnecting and becoming free from. Um, you know, the cogs and the wheels sort of thing. You know, like the men going their own way sort of movement kind of ties into right. that too. Like that's one of the beliefs that they have. But if you're still going to a nine to five job and you're not creating wealth for yourself, you don't have the ability to have F U money and tell somebody to go pound sand. Exactly. Them. You're not free. Right. You're not. You know, you're you're shackled. Um, you know, the, 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 the true level of freedom, like the top tier is really anti anti anti-fragility, right? Where nothing can touch you and anything that happens to you only makes you better. Uh You know, you get to that point. Like I constantly have these losers that make videos about me that they want me to respond to and stuff like that. I don't owe responses to anybody, but what they end up doing is they drive traffic to my channel and my subscriptions go up. Right, they like to point, yeah. sputter, and my subscriptions go up, and I have a bigger <laughs> audience. And they start to see, huh, maybe right. this guy isn't a moron. Maybe the guy I was listening to is a moron, right? So you get to the point of anti fragility, which is like the best part because it allows you to focus on your purpose and your mission, right? While you chase that excellence. Mm-hmm. What's your business, Willie?
4: Uh, I um, I flip houses. I have a real estate company. So cool. we uh, we buy and renovate houses. Uh, do about 30, 30 or forty a year. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, and it is awesome. What yeah. part
0: of the state you live in? In California. Great! Wow. And you can still make money out it there in the current market. Oh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you, you make money when you buy you and buy your products. And what is the That's average you. house cost there to buy? Like, what was your first flip? Like, what was the cost on it?
4: Uh, the first flip I I moved into, so that was about a no, that was three hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, so they're all for, around
0: for three fifty. You moved in. You did a Two like years. a rehab, like lipstick, lipstick and makeup.
4: Yes. I actually, uh, that's where I learned from. So I learned from uh, uh, an older fellow who had done this. Mm-hmm. And he bought this particular house at auction. And uh, while he was gutting it down to the studs, uh, he said, well, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to, um, and I'm going to sell it at this price. So I've seen his work. I was very comfortable in what he was doing. And, I, and right there and then, uh, when he was only like 20% into it, I decided to buy it. And part of that process allowed me to learn from him which uh, was invaluable. I learned, basically, I got a, like a key insights onto how you do this, and it was just phenomenal. Uh, I learned a lot, and I just uh, became very passionate about it, and this basically took over as my yep. name. I, well.
0: actually, I actually sat in my friend's truck about three or four years ago. His name's Ian, and we did a video on making money flipping houses. Yeah. There's a book out. It's called mm-hmm. from renos to riches. I just pulled it up on the other screen over here. So you guys okay. might want to look it up on Amazon, but it's more specific to the Canadian market, but you can do quite well flipping houses. It, but it's, sure. again, it's a long game, right? Like the first house that you were in for uh 350 when you got into it, w- what was the profit after the rehab, right?
4: Well, you know, that was a, it was kind of a hobby at that point. Mm-hmm. So in uh, that one, you well, know, that's usually it, how it starts for most people, sure. right? Is do I actually yeah. like this? Yeah. And so I lived in it for two years. So that I could enjoy, the, uh, in the States we have, you might be familiar, with. you live in a house as your primary resident for two years, all your gain is tax-free. Right. So yeah, I figure. did that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I did that. And it, like I said, that kind of got me into the business. And then after that, I would do maybe one or two a year. And then uh, about five years ago, I just decided to scale it. And uh, I joined some really powerful masterminds of people who do uh, this business in the 100 plus a year. That's...
0: That's, right. that's the accelerator, right? Is the mastermind? Oh, absolutely. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Okay. So that's where I get criticism a lot of the times too, is you charge a lot of money for your community, Rich. Your mastermind, <laughs> you know, your coaching is too expensive. How can you justify that? This, that, and the other thing. I've spent as much as $35,000 a year learning yeah. in masterminds and different groups, different events, different retreats. I'm going to Greenland next uh, June. For a mastermind mm-hmm. retreat, that's eight grand, and that's just for the retreat. It doesn't cost, yeah. doesn't include the wow. cost of the trip to uh, Reykjavik, mm-hmm. and then you got to travel and do all these other stuff. And it's pretty expensive, right? Like these sorts of things cost money, but the ROI,
4: absolutely, yeah,
0: it's it, always it, there. Mm-hmm.
4: I pay twenty five thousand dollars a year to belong to mine, mm-hmm. and it's made me way more money than that. You know, absolutely. it's it's just invaluable. It allows you to compress years and years of experience down to six months, or you know,
0: it, isn't it? Isn't it an advantage to go and pay somebody for the information that will that will um, accelerate you to that point of success, to profitability? Like, is it not an advantage to learn from other people that have made mistakes so you don't have to make the same stupid mistakes?
4: Absolutely. It's not only an advantage. I don't think you could, you, you're going to be stunted. If you're just relying on yourself and your own experience versus the minds of, of you know, scores of people who've been there and, and are where you want to be, Right, and they know all the pitfalls, all the all the dumb ideas, but then all the smart ideas that worked. That's just invaluable. I, I really don't. I know I couldn't get to the scale that that cool. we are approaching without it.
0: Before I let you go, um, your first flip—you bought, you moved in for three fifty. You didn't answer the question. Are you okay oh. to answer this? Yeah. So oh, you moved in for yeah, three fifty. Yeah. You did the rehab. Mm-hmm. You sold it for five hundred. What was the rehab mm-hmm. cost?
4: Uh, the rehab was about eighty thousand. Okay. So, but I, I bought it as a finished product. Okay. Uh so I bought it at 350 and and the guy I bought it from, he spent 80 on it. He made a little bit of money. Okay. Uh and then I just held it. I just held the finished product. It that I, I really can't call that a fix and flip. I was just uh, enjoyed the
0: that was crazy, just a good market. Appreciation, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know when you when you factor that into the rehab as well, if you get something that looks like a a train wreck or it's been lived in mm-hmm. for you know 60 years by the original owner and she's widowed and wants to yeah, move to a sure. home those ones you can do like a nice rehab on and make some serious money especially with the appreciation of the Absolutely. appreciation of the market so it's a long game guys there are no quick fixes there are no instant ways to becoming a millionaire despite what a lot of people might try to sell you um for most people it takes a few years at least i mean some people can do it within a year but for most people it takes a few years to get there and even then it might even take a little longer it could take five right <laughs> yeah. all right willie thanks man all right take care hey, thanks it. Willie. yeah that's uh that's a great share appreciated that one uh yeah, for there's sure. a super chat here i gotta just deal with real quick scott what do they say here sure how can i stay disciplined to lose weight well i think you should start with that before you start putting a dent in the universe because all that is is moving more and eating better right and if you can't discipline yourself to move more, eat better, then how are you going to put your dent in the universe? How are you going to find that purpose that you're looking to chase? You got to start with something small, right? Um, let see here. I think I got a private message here from Sam. He said he's got the mic working. Okay, Sam, you're coming back on. You're up, buddy. Can you hear us okay? I can hear you guys great. I'm sorry y'all
5: couldn't hear me earlier. Y'all doing all hey, right? Hey, Sam. Good,
0: good. good. Hey, so,
5: Joe. Pleasure to talk to both of you. Uh, Rich, I talked to you before. Several months ago, on before the train wreck, but uh, I just wanted yeah. to ask you a, a, a business-related question. Uh, I'm kind of trapped in a partnership in my business, and I'm looking to get out of it. And okay. uh, but I've still got the business; still has about a hundred and ten thousand dollars in liabilities and loans from the initial startup about nine years ago. And I've got a three year lease still remaining. Um, how would you, if, if you had the opportunity, if you were in a partnership that you felt like you wasn't going to work? I know you said, you've said before, like on, uh, on, on the Red Pill Rule Zero show, uh, once you know it's out, it's out. When y'all were talking about the whole thing with the 21 convention situation, just I'm out February 4th, I was out. How do you, how do you negotiate getting out?
6: Yeah,
0: you
5: know what I mean. Because there's there's yeah. going to be a lot have of. Have you ever
0: had a business partnership, Scott? Yes. Yes, How did that go? I, I mean, um, you're a one man shop now, so I'm guessing it didn't go too good.
2: Right. No. No, it went great. <laughs> did it, go it good? went Great. They okay. just he just went on to do something in in a different an industry that I wasn't interested in. Okay. In the nutrition industry, he went on and did great, and we still do other stuff. And good. I have an, another thing that I do with my uh, my neighbor, which is uh, which works out great. And, um, but I do, uh, I do understand what he's talking about, but I'll let you answer him. But I have some, some thoughts. Well, on I want that to hear you go well. because I mean,
0: this is like uh, an okay. untying of the knot, right. But it's right. more on the business side of thing. Go ahead.
2: Right. The, the, the way I look at it, I have a mentor who has a mentor and that mentor is like, there's always a deal. I mean, if you want to, whoever wants to get out the worst is willing to give up the most. If you, if you know it's gone, you may have to take a, a little bit of a beating. Do you know what I mean? But there's right. always a deal. Unless you're dealing with an, unra- an irrational, unreasonable human being. But you can say, look, this is what I'm offering to get out. Right. Because it just depends on okay. how bad. you I mean, if you've got those leases and things, I mean, you can negotiate leases too. You can say, look, we're we, you can get nothing or you can get something.
0: Is the, so um, is the business profitable? Are you guys throwing off profits or... Is it a liability? Not, not, not significant.
5: Not, not for what, not for the amount of effort that I put in
0: versus what my partner puts in. Is it, is it physical so, product or like, do you guys have to stop? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dentist. Service? Dentist. Okay.
5: I'm a dentist. It's a service, but it's no one else can do the work that the, either me or he does. Mm. So would you, it's not would like, you, do you want to go away or do you want him to go away? I think I'd rather go away. I don't like the demographics of the area that we're currently right. practicing in. He wants to move even further out into a less uh, affluent area, which is fine. That's great. That's noble. I can appreciate that. Can you make money doing that? Yes, but you have to be high volume. And I Isn't like it... doing more of the high-end aesthetic kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, like yeah. I always tell guys to go higher in the price point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. nope you as a business owner will have a better experience. Like when I was coaching people at 200 bucks an hour, the conversations I was having were pretty basic, right? Like I wasn't solving much, I wasn't putting a dent in the universe. At the price that I charge now at 1100 bucks an hour, and it's gonna be going up over time, it's gonna keep going up. um, I'm having more impact. I'm I'm actually getting better reviews from people at that price point that I did at the lower price point. And you make more money and you have a better experience dealing with people. with dentistry, do you guys have a book of business? Like, do you guys have a client list that you can sell?
5: Uh, technically, yes. Um, or patient list, I guess. Our patient pool is—I mean, we've got about six thousand charts. You know, each chart represents one person,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and we're about fifty-fifty on the number of charts. Uh, but I'm typically doing more of the big aesthetic. You know, like the front eight you know right aesthetic rehab kind of stuff veneers and crowns and that kind of stuff
0: so what is the partner and he's doing you guys have right now as far as the breakup because there's usually a clause in there dealing with a breakup
5: yeah the breakup is is no matter what deal in case someone was over the barrel because i'm also going through a divorce uh if he can't lowball me because if he if i if he comes at me with a figure like I'll buy you out the goodwill the goodwill uh for w- which is what the va- the the primary value of the practice is is the patient pool. Uh if I sell whatever number he offers me, I can offer him $1 more and buy him out.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So it kind of keeps it
0: You said you that know, you're also going through a divorce too. Lowball
5: me. Yeah, I am going through that too.
0: Yeah, it's like mm. Breaking up with a business partner is kind of like dealing with a divorce in the sense that there's always a pound of meat that has to be given up somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, in a divorce, it might be you're going to discount the value of your house 100 grand just to give her something to shut her up sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, for Excellent. you, it might be like, okay, well, you keep those two chairs and I'll take this list of clients. It's in this demographic that I want to work with sort of thing, right? um and pay off the loan together but like like, there's any any number of different ways to handle it i mean it's good that you're not it doesn't sound like you're acrimonious it's just you don't you don't want to continue dealing with the demographic that you want you want to move on to other areas of practice right
5: yeah
7: absolutely absolutely is there any any
0: fighting are you guys pretty cool about it all
5: i mean we were we were study buddies in dental school and all that stuff so i mean he's been a friend of mine for almost 20 years but the why friendship you, is. Why don't you see if you cool. can find
0: find like a new dentist that's coming out of school that wants to book of business and maybe sell yours to him and then he can partner with your partner. Because I, I don't think many people can handle my partner. He's not he's not a pleasant person. Okay, but that's not your problem. That's another it. Yeah, yeah, that's not your that's problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, not your <laughs>
5: problem. yeah, I know. That's but like yeah, I just yeah, that's, I like, um, that's like that's like making sure full disclosure. Well, it's kind of like, sure
0: that, uh, well, right, sure. kinda like you wanting to you know, tell your, tell the next guy that's dating your ex-wife. Uh, she's not really a nice person, so I'm not really sure you should date her. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to warn you about all these things. It's, it's not your right. problem. It, it, like, it may
2: be someone that gets along with him. That's just like him.
0: I was just going to say, maybe it'll be a, yeah. a far better fit than you. Right. I
5: guess so. That that I, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, that's a, that's a good way to, that you put it there. Uh, Rich and Scott, I really do appreciate it. Well, yeah,
2: let me, man. let me ask you this. If, if um, if he goes away, have you? Have you? Does he know you? You want to split, or does he not know that yet?
5: Not, not particularly. I had a a situation where I was thinking of buying into another practice in another part of the state, right? And uh, and I was going to kind of let all this happen, and then that deal fell through. So I'm glad I didn't burn sure. a bridge,
2: right? You know, but during you- this time. You, you, but if he makes you unhappy, you have to have an uncomfortable conversation and it's just right. one uncomfortable conversation, but if he makes you unhappy, right. you can't stay in it because life is too short. Life is too short yeah. to stay in that relationship, yeah. no matter, especially business. Cause that's your, that's your
5: day to day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You that's, wanna, that's what
5: I've been especially appreciating in this whole divorce machine grind up that I'm going uh, through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah, want to have, you don't want to have a shitty experience at work and a shitty home life. Right. Oh, uh, I mean, like you don't have kids. You're not, you know, you're not sleeping together. Oh, I do. You don't have family. Well, I'm talking about with your business partner. Right. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, you're not not have to li- No, it's, he's not going to be in your life forever.
2: Yeah. He's not forced to <laughs> right. be in your life yeah. forever. <laughs> your
0: kids will be in your life forever. Right? right. So long as you guys are all alive. But I mean, like as far as a business part- partner goes um, I'm not a big fan of business partnerships for this reason. Um, the only time that I see it making any sense whatsoever is if there's a complementary, like sort of uh, synergy there. So a really good example of that, that's been used a lot that most people can relate to, um, Steve jobs and Steve Wozniak, right? Steve jobs was the right. face of the company. He was the outside guy. He did all the dancing around on the stage and the marketing and look at all our cool shit, come and buy it now. And look at me with my glasses. Like he was the icon, like he was the face, everybody knew him. Um, but. Not a lot of people knew of, of Woz, right? They didn't know who Steve right. Wozniak right. was until the company really blew up. But he was the guy that did all the hardware. He was the inside guy. So that's when partnerships work really, really well together and it's great for the company. It's great for both people because the one guy goes off and does his thing and the other guy goes off and does his thing and that synergy works really, really well. It's kind of like, you know, masculine and feminine energy when it comes to right. relationships with men and women. We're usually better together provided that we know what the hell we're doing. Um, when it comes to business, you got to have synergy, right? Otherwise you got two chiefs in the tribe. You got two guys trying to drive the bus at the same time, right? They're fighting over the steering wheel. And even after
2: they became super successful, that relationship became acrimonious. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) okay.
0: Cool.
5: Well, all right, man. Guys, I really appreciate y'all's time. Thank you for all you do. I'm excited for this new series, Rich.
0: Yeah. Thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's great. Um, guys, if you're in the waiting area and you've already come on to ask your question, just do me a favor and leave. I can't remove you with this uh, streaming software, but you can watch it live on you know, another screen. If you just click there, uh, it just makes room for new people to come in. Um, yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, kinda, Absolutely. Well, so far we've had a house flipper and a dentist. I was actually yeah, that I was actually kinda of hoping more that I'd get more of the younger guys in like the younger crowd being like, you know, I really want to put a dent in the universe and how do I go about doing that? I got this idea sort of thing. So let's see if we can get some of that going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me grab that invite link again.
2: Although those were really great great calls. Oh, I love
0: yeah. yeah. Just like I love having the, these conversations.
2: Those the, the business partnership thing is, is, is a is a big deal. And you but one of the one of the things um I read recently is that if you wouldn't want to go on vacation with the guy, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be a business partner with him. Yeah. And I would go on, I would go on vacation with anybody I've ever partnered with still.
0: Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> you know, I made the mistake once of starting up a bit, bu- not even once, twice, actually, I made the mistake twice of starting up a business with a friend cause I didn't want to go at the business by myself. Right. And there was no synergy he didn't have any right. skills it's just because i didn't want to do it by myself i wanted to have my friend around to like hang out sure and like take sure on all you know take on the world together and go and build it
2: yeah it's nice to have somebody to high five when the successes come in <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: you know <laughs> only only the successes were like 90 percent a result of my effort and like 10 percent right. result of his but he was taking half the pay
2: yeah that that's when it that's Forget when that. it hurts yeah that's
0: when you're like okay this is not working out it's time yeah. for a freaking divorce yeah, <laughs> um, Rob, do you have a microphone? I'm going to throw you on here. Let's see, yeah, you yeah. yeah, I got a mic. Hey, Can you are man. Yeah, you're good, loud and clear. How you doing? Hey, hey, Rob,
7: hey, hey, man, how you doing, Scott? Nice to talk to you. Uh,
0: nice so, um, to you. I,
7: yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, I just recently kind of got on the red pill bandwagon, if you will, a little bit. I don't want to call it a bandwagon, but you know what I mean. I had gotten back together with a girl that I was dating years, like about a year and a half ago. We got back together, and then things just didn't go well.
0: And In I a realized. Second. is oh, this a playing to win question or a share? This is. This is. I'm getting there. I'm getting <laughs> there. Go ahead. Just to give
7: you a little bit of background.
0: I just <laughs> want to make it so, clear that this isn't the yeah. Chasing Tail show. Okay. No, no, not on, <laughs> that's on Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Which i watched Smith. that one too, so you're good. Quick plug. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good.
7: Um, so, but what happened was, I realized I wasn't doing things right, and that's kind of what turned me over the red pill. Um, One of the things I was doing uh, when we were kind of back together was I was trying to start an Amazon business. About two years ago, I had a brewery that failed um, and I had to go through all the bankruptcy and all that kind of fun stuff. But I was starting an Amazon business. And Scott, as you probably know, starting an Amazon business um, in topicals is like impossible to start. Um, So my product was a topical product and uh, it was just impossible to get started. But when I was with her, I was like, I forget it. I'll just let it go. So, then part of the red pill was like me saying, No, let me find a way to get this to happen. Right. So, instead of going straight with the topical, I know with Amazon, in order to get the topicals ga- ungated, you have to have uh, just sales experience doing it. So, I found another product, which thankfully I have in the middle of being manufactured right now. Hopefully, it'll launch here in the next couple of weeks. At the same time, I have a full time consulting gig. Um, that consulting gig is with a company who's not very financially stable, and I haven't been getting paid on time, things like that. Um, so I went out and um, just recently got a, a job offer for a full-time gig, which kind of sucks for me because I'm an entrepreneurial kind of guy. Um, but it's for a little bit more money, and at least I know that the income is going to come in. So right now I'm sitting here looking at three things. I'm looking at the full-time consulting gig that I have, which is remote work. I'm looking at this full-time job, which will probably I'll be able to swing some remote work. And then I'm also looking at this Amazon business. Now, what I want to do is try and do all three. But I guess my question is, when we talk about playing the win, how do we judge when playing the win is too much? And now, keep in mind, the other that's thing is, I also, I also have a daughter who's 11 years old, well almost 11 years old, and I have her about
0: 50% of the time. All right. Well, welcome to the single dad club you're yeah. on the yeah, page. It's, it's We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. The board still isn't final either, either, by the way. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So you got three, you got consultancy, you got a full-time job and you got this Amazon and is it FBA? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, FBA. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you guys watching that don't know what that is, it's called fulfilled by Amazon. And basically what you do is you go and source your product. You buy it at a discount, uh, you ship it to their um, warehouse. And when the order comes in, when somebody does a click to buy, uh, they ship out your product. You have to do all the marketing, but you don't have to do any of the shipping. None of the returns, nothing. Yeah. Um, So are you taking on too much and you have custody of your child 50% of the time? I'm going to go with a yes on that. (laughs) That sounds like a whole hell lot. That sounds like a lot of work. Um, It's, it's, it's playing to win thinking, but if you're not able to make any kind of forward progress, like if you're treading water, which I think is exceptionally hard if you got, like you really have four jobs, parent, consultant, full-time job, FBA, right? Yeah. That's true. basically four jobs, right? Plus, I'm guessing you got you know your own life too that you want to live. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got a heck of a lot coming on, and, and you're just going to be like a jack of all trades and a master of fuck all. Then basically is usually what ends right. up happening to most guys. Either that, or they'll burn out. What do you think, Scott? Have you ever taken on that much before?
2: I haven't. I haven't taken on that much before. But I will say this: if you're going to have a full-time job, that's that's a big chunk of your day.
7: Yeah, that's the problem
2: consulting unless you're going to bring on employees is not scalable. I would focus on side businesses that are scalable without yeah. you having to touch every single dollar.
7: Does
2: that make sense?
7: Yeah, and that's that's the reason why I'm starting it. Like I said before I had the brewery, I had 50 employees and it was a it was a nightmare. It was it was a nightmare. All it was was uh, throwing my money in the trash can.
2: Understood. Yeah, but but with consulting, that requires you, right? That requires you.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I run a team. Uh, I run a team okay. of people. So it it kind of requires me just to lead that team. The problem with that one is that, and that's what I've been doing for the past maybe I don't know, year and a half. Uh, the problem with that one is it's with a company that's just not very financially stable. It could end tomorrow. Right. Right. And also, I'm not getting I'm not getting regular payments on time. So just for my 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 daily cash flow of my life, it's difficult to manage it
2: right well if you if you have an entrepreneur's heart yeah, you can go you can get a job and as long as you're tunneling out like the shawshank redemption right if right if you're tunneling out seriously tunneling out then there's no harm in, in taking a job to pay your bills i mean your bills have to be paid do you agree
0: rich yeah um i was just thinking about these three things and there's some and there's things that i don't like about all of them and i'll tell you what they are yeah um one working for somebody full time, you know, is, is always going to get in the way of you putting your dent in the universe and really yeah. getting on your purpose. Like otherwise you're going to be in first gear the whole time because it's going to be very, very hard for you to do it. Some people can launch a side business while they're working a full time job. Um, some people can, most people don't though. Um, so that's what I've seen from my experience. The second thing is I don't really like Amazon that much if I'm being honest because they treat their uh sellers like the people that source the product do all the marketing they put all the work into it like shit and they teach the, and they and they treat the customers a lot better than their sellers and at any given time if they don't like what you're doing they can lock you out and if your entire business is built on the premise of selling it on their platform you're screwed um you'd have to figure out like like scott's got his stuff off of amazon i'm sure you sell it there too right
2: yeah i do but but, but it's a secondary it's secondary like yeah. Like I, sometimes I pull it off of Amazon and, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah I sell so, too.
0: so I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of building your business on the back of somebody else's. And let me tell you, I'm getting feedback. Uh, I'm just going to mute you Rob while I'm, I'm talking, see if that solves it. There we go. Um, so when you build your business off the back of, of somebody else's thing, you put yourself at a tremendous amount of risk. So I'm going to use my own example. So with this channel, um, I was using Patreon um, as a place for fan funding uh, about a year and a half ago is when I stopped. And that's when I saw Patreon deplatform people. Like I saw them de-platforming at least three or four big names over a period of like 15 months. I'm like, screw this. I'm not going to build an audience on their platform if they can decide at any time unilaterally they don't like something that I say or maybe something that I said on somebody else's channel like that uh, Sargon, Sargon of a Cod guy did um, and then they deplatform you and you completely lose all your fan funding. So I built it off my website and I built a men's community off off of YouTube and off of Patreon in my own area, right? Um, that's, that's all within my control. I get scared as hell putting time, effort, and energy into building something. It's like building a house on land that you don't own. That anybody you, can pull out from under you at any given time.
2: You're basically selling selling that security of having your own spot for their traffic, right? Yeah.
0: Sorry. I, I'm just, yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah.
7: No, that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, the reason why I'm starting with them, obviously, I want to have my own um, avenues as well, my own sales channels. But Definitely. for them, it's Those just like lists, uh, it's just about being able to generate that traffic real quick without having a huge marketing dollar behind you. And right. If it's if
2: it's not the end game, I, I think I think it's okay.
0: But yeah, you know, it's
7: game. He's right. I to get my brand started. Get my brand out there. Um, obviously,
0: uh, even when I launch, I'll have another sales channel. What's the to brand that you're building? What is it that you want to sell? Like what's the it's, uh,
7: it's it's men's products. Um, so it's uh, you know, Scott, you're probably familiar with those types of things. Not necessarily soaps like you're in. um right. but More you know, uh, men's products, beard oils, beard bombs.
0: Yeah, homemade. absolutely. And that's you know, a very a
7: noisy
0: space, dude. Like, that? That's a very, very noisy space. I mean, you go to Amazon well, right now and you try to the, find uh, beard oil. Um, I mean, there's there's many, many different products on there, but it's yeah. it's so competitive.
7: Well, that's right? why I'm, what I'm actually starting with is a heated beard straightener. Um, it, there, it's a relatively new market that that people are starting to sell. So, uh, you know, and the, and my product is differentiated. It's it's not like the same one that's on on the market, at least for now and it's not just differentiated by brand it's just the way it functions a little bit different so you know we'll see how long that lasts obviously anything on amazon can be copied but
0: yeah just 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 be super careful not to build your business on somebody else's land i mean it might be a good place to drive traffic but build an email list you know yeah. build your own shopify get your own ads going on uh Facebook. Facebook Influencer marketer, you know, it's influencing marketing works really, really well. Yeah, don't worry, I'll be the, You know, the beard straightener. I'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, <safely>. absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so there's that. And then the other thing that I want to hit on before I let you go was the whole consultancy thing because that's the trading time for money business. Yeah, and you can always bill more. Like you can bill a higher rate. You've got lawyers that, that bill 300 bucks an hour, you got lawyers that bill $3,000 an hour, depending on what their practice is and the problems that they solve and you know what is it they're doing. But you're always gonna exchange one block of time for one block of money. And with the consultancy, you're always gonna get trapped in that loop. So I'd encourage you to look for ways to build something that's recurring revenue, right? Where people are always gonna continue to need something from you, whether that's a men's hygiene product, like soap, for example. Um, shampoo. Um, you know, Dollar Shave Club built their entire business off mailing out razors to people, right? Because right? they're disposable. Like they wear down. You got to throw them out after a while. Um, so try to build something that's recurring, where where you don't have like there's there's eating what you kill. You know, a thousand years ago, you'd go out, you'd get your mastodon, you'd kill it, and it would spoil after a few days if you didn't eat it, right? So everybody in the village would swarm it and eat it, sort of thing. And you'd have to go out again and eat what you kill. That's like working every single day of your life to get your customer work, versus, you know, getting somebody to sign up today, but paying you subscription revenue for something like cell phone service. Right. right. This, will, this will just keep flying. For memberships. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. Try to find something that at least generates recurring revenue where you're not always chasing new customers or exchanging time for money too.
7: And if you said, if you were to say to prioritize one of those, one of those three, like you said, if I can't do all three,
0: yeah. Well, the biggest right. ROI is, is going to be building your own business, right? right the okay. Biggest, like you go work for somebody else, you're going to get on the hamster wheel, which is going to distract you from, you know, building your own business. So yeah, you got to take a look at what the priority is for you. Do some critical analysis around, um, you know, success rates and then just kind of just lean into it hard. Yeah. Or
7: maybe just do those two for a little while so I can stash some cash. And uh, up yeah, ideally, and ideally
0: out. do one, but narrow it down to two is what I would do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah cool all right thanks rich appreciate it right, hey, great me. great call great call awesome so uh we've had yeah. an a- amazon fb you know i got a lot of guys that i talk to that that sell physical products and many of them lean heavily into amazon and at some point they have an issue with amazon where they get delisted or one of their products becomes a problem and then maybe their entire account gets frozen because of it right um, it can happen, man. And, right. you know, you could be going from 80 grand a month in sales to zero, right? Like and they, that they, with and an obligation to pay your staff.
2: And you get dinged for things that are outside of your control. Yeah, I mean, I, I here's an example. A guy ordered a bar of soap and he, he, it, the postal service didn't deliver it. Mm. You know, once I put it in the postal services hands, I'm counting on them to do their job. And so they're like, he was like, Hey, um, this was a gift for somebody and their birthday's on Saturday. And Amazon told me that I needed to overnight it, which was $100 for a $10 bar soap. That's crazy. And I said I'm, I said I'm not doing it. I refunded his money, and, you know, I just Yeah. But that's what their remedy was, for me yeah. to spend $100 because the postal service. Yeah, you can get ding there. It just <laughs> I it can't be your main platform.
0: Right. And if they don't like how you handle the customer, what do they do? They push you down in the rankings and they put right. somebody else's stuff up there that responds better to their demands, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, that's what ends up happening when they got a monopoly on the marketplace. <clears throat> yeah. Uh we got a few more guys here. Let's hit uh Caesar. All right, looks like you got a headphone. How you doing?
3: Yep, yeah, I'm doing well. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, audio is good. Yes. You have a question for hey, us. Caesar.
3: Right. Perfect. Hey, what's up? Scott so pretty much um, I I just have maybe want to get some advice from you guys in terms of so the situation I'm in is pretty good I own a, I own my own insurance agency you know pretty young I'm doing well um but I guess my uh my the picture of myself in my head is right now I'm making more money than in my head right than I actually am Um, I do pretty good and right now I'm I'm in the point where I'm getting agents under me but um, at some point um, this is recurring revenue recurring income that 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 I'm building for myself but I guess um, because I have this image of myself in my head I want to I guess live up to it and I want to get to it as quick as I can but in this business you know it takes a few years so I guess mm. I'm struggling with that. Um, is there? Any, I I don't. I also don't want to lose track of what I'm doing. If that makes sense. And How
0: so, long have you been doing it now? Uh, Two thousand and twelve. Oh, you're new, man! Like yeah. building building a book of business and insurance um, benefits, insurance like any of those things. You know, like real estate, mm-hmm. it, it takes years. Like unless you buy somebody else's book that's retiring. So that's one way that you can do it faster, right? So what? So right. if you find well, a broker that's retiring he's got a book of a thousand customers you could buy that off him
3: right yeah and and i'm i'm doing pretty well you know i i do have a pretty large book like i said i i have some agents under me but um you know i think if i keep going this way it might take me two to four years to get up to like the million dollar mark Mm. right now you know after expenses and stuff i surpass the six figures um easily but um I still, I guess, I, like I said, it's just me in my head. Just, I guess it's inner, inner game stuff where I'm trying to, uh, I don't know if I'm trying to do too much, if that makes sense, because I, I can never sit still. I'm always doing something. So How old that's are you? just the type of person. I'm 31.
0: <laughs> so I always, I don't always say this, but when I do tell <laughs> guys that they should have their money sorted, what I mean by that is they should be a millionaire by the time they're 40. And the lazy losers will point and sputter at me in the comments of my videos. How's oh, that possible? You can't do that. You're living in la land, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Fuck off. That's not hard. I, I'm, I'm not talking that's to you. Not hard, you're, you're 31 yeah. and probably within the next two to four years, you're saying you're going to be at the million dollar mark. Right? So 31, two to four years, you're talking by 35, right?
3: I think, yeah, 35 is a good, a that's... good number. I think
0: dude, you're just trucking along, man. You're going up like, like okay. that's what, that's what your business just, is.
3: <throat> I should just focus, you know, because I'm. You know, I'm I'm training right now. I'm training a few agents, and I really want to make sure that they do things right. So, you the, know, I, I'm focusing on that. But you know, the other because...
0: the other key part to that is customer retention, because when you have a mm-hmm. customer in your book for insurance, you want to keep them, right? Oh, of course, um,
3: yeah. I I got a good retention, like uh, 85 to 90 percent, which is perfect. Okay, so so, yeah. so one of the
0: areas that you can improve on is that, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a book. Um, that my friend Joey wrote, and let me dig it up here on Amazon. My company's actually mentioned in the book. He mentions it in one of the chapters, so it's uh, Joey Coleman, Amazon. Let me just dig it up for you. I'll get you the title. Uh, Never Lose a Customer Again is what it's called.
3: Okay, I appreciate that. So
0: I'll grab that link, and I'll drop it in the chat. Um, There it is. I don't know why there's no, two reduce. books showing in this link, but I'll drop it in here. So if you're in the subscription uh, business or if, it, or if it's something that you want to do where um, you have a customer over a long period of time, kind of like uh, he does with the insurance business, you want to make sure that once you have a customer on board that they never go anywhere. And he's got some great systems in place. I've used some of the systems that he has in place with my own business in the past when I was heavily involved with it. Um, they are effective. So that's one of the things that I'd recommend that you do as well to accelerate things as you go along, because we always have this, um, attrition rate. So if you're, I'm just going to pull a number out of here. So let's say you're gaining 10 customers every single month on your book Mm -hmm. of business, right? So by the end of the year, you got 120 customers, but if your attrition rate is uh two per month, right? Mm -hmm. Two times 12, you know, you do the math on it. You got 24 that you lose every single year. So you're up 120 and you're down 24. What if you can retain uh 10 more of those that drop off mm-hmm. right then right. the spread grows faster and accelerates the wealth accelerates the book of business so it's something else that a lot of people um lose sight of often when they're putting their dent in the universe when they're playing the win is you want to make sure that you um get as many customers that you have today to the 10-year mark the 20-year mark basically keep them in your book of business so you can sell them to somebody else when you're ready to retire
3: Right. That makes total sense. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is the game plan and I am implementing it. It's just, like I said, it's just me, I guess, trying to do it quicker. Right. And, but I I understand that if you try to do it any quicker as well, you might lose again, that quality, all of that. So there's a definitely there's uh, I guess that quality control aspect to it. Um, The other thing is, you know, so I'm piling up some money and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I don't know. There's certain things like, oh, I don't know if I want to maybe purchase my own office. Right. Or maybe should I invest it in like real estate or maybe I should, you know, all these other questions. So I really, I'm in a place where I don't know what to do with that other money that I'm piling up. Mm-hmm. And so what is what your you guys' live? suggestions? I live in California. So what do you think? Com- Scott? communist state.
2: <laughs> um, you, you, are you trying to, um, Put it into something to
3: um, shield it from hyper taxation well not only that but i well as an investment but yeah i mean i would say real estate is a good form of you know shielding it and and, and then not only that but you know it grows over time where it's supposed to grow i guess it depends on the area if you do commercial real estate right if
2: if, if i'm paying rent for a place that would that i could buy i think i would probably mm-hmm. be a buy guy
0: Mm-hmm.
2: right Do you agree with that richard
0: uh, yeah i mean i was just down in la um a couple of weeks ago um for about seven days and one of the things i noticed about la um i mean california in general is very mountainous there's not there's only so much so many places you can build on and for some reason they don't build up in la they build out i guess it's because of the earthquakes
2: <laughs> right
0: yeah makes sense so um so they're not making any more land, right? It's not like the oceans are draining and the there's more land becoming available that's flat that you can build on. So I think that real estate's always going to be a good go in California. Um, real estate's a good place to park money. You get some good passive income off it. You get the appreciated value of the, of the property going up. Um, you are at the mercy of the tenants so often. You know, it's like we were talking to the other guy before. It's like... Uh, um, you know, they always side with the tenant when, you know, when it comes to Tennessee laws, but there's certain precautions that you can take. So I like it. So Long, along story the short, lines, I like it
3: along yeah. the lines of, of this question. So, uh, when, when you're looking to make a decision, like, you know, like I said, I have this, let's say some money parked, like when you're looking to make a decision like that, what do you guys generally do? Do you, do you just, um, wait and, look for an opportunity? Um, do you actively seek an opportunity? How do you guys approach that? If you were in that situation? What do you think Scott? I, I
2: actively seek it. Uh, there was a, um, last time I had a, a big, a big stack that I needed to do something with. I started investing with a friend down in Costa Rica. Mm. This was, this was many years ago and, um, that turned out to be one of the best investments I've ever made in my life. And so I actively look for it. And if you're surrounded by people that are always doing things,
7: mm-hmm.
2: you can get into the things that they're doing. Do you find that, Rich, that you've got guys that are doing things that you don't have any expertise in, but you trust yeah. them and and yeah. you get in with them on some things?
0: Yeah, like it. You know, it always boils down to you're gonna you're gonna become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you're gonna hang around with five fat losers, you're gonna be the sixth <laughs> fat loser, right? It's just inevitable. So, you know, seek people that are at a level that you want to get to in the next, you know, two to four years. If there's trade organizations, if there's a mentor that you can pick up, um, if there's a mastermind group that you can join in your industry, um, those things are, are like the superchargers to success that most people tend to ignore because they're afraid to spend the money. Um, you know, if you come from a very conservative background or, uh, of a scarcity mindset. That to me is what I see holds back a lot of entrepreneurs. Like they're not willing to go and lean into those more uncomfortable areas. Right. Um, do you do any of those things right now?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I belong to a few groups and I, I network a lot. So, and I, I have a few mentors as well, but you know, I'm always trying to, um, learn from anybody that i know is sure. in a higher level than me so yeah, i always tell asking, this because yeah, yeah I'd be cause asking I, them
0: a lot of questions
3: yeah be, yeah ex- exactly so but you know it's 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 definitely hard to get in front of them but once you do i guess you know if they take a liking to you and, and and i do have some people that i that i network with but i think i probably should look for more
0: are your uh, insurance customers premium like are they are they high-end are you going for the top shelf or
3: uh, n- most of them know uh the place where i live it's like the richest people live like 20 miles away from the poorest people so i mean i was brought up in an area where it's not very affluent right so i connect with those customers a lot so i get a ton of those it's mostly uh, people over the age of 65 medicare I, I have some a lot a lot of younger clients too and just for cause i do a health insurance
0: so so, so but, i mean if you're going to work or if you're going to think you might as well think big, right. Um, the other benefit to having more affluent customers on your Mm -hmm. book of business is you quite often become friends with them, right? Like, right. Um, I've become friends with my family lawyer. I've become friends with my accountant. Um, you know, not only do they know me personally and they know my business personally, um, but I get invited to their cottage. Um, you know, we do lunches and dinners and stuff like that. Um, those are the sorts of customers that I want to have. I want to have customers that I want to hang out with. I don't want to have customers that I don't want to hang out with, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I would ask you to consider as well is, because that would help accelerate you significantly, because if your average customer nets you $1,000 and you have a high-end customer Mm -hmm. that gets you $3,000, that's the guy that I want. Plus, there's conversations you can have like, hey, I noticed you're a real estate investor. How did you get started in that? Can I buy you lunch on Thursday? Mm right
3: oh yeah yeah and no, i've done those things with some of the more affluent ones but yeah those um yeah in of terms that, of yeah that'll accelerate
0: okay. you faster yeah
3: okay to make right, total sense all right i appreciate hey, the help hey, thank you guys
0: good talking to you thanks likewise man. cool all right i'm gonna make some room for somebody else to come on here in a minute we got a super chat here from ricky and he says keep up the good work thanks a lot brother many thanks appreciate that and the support um Let me throw this up real quick. My coaching link, if you guys want to book a one-on-one shout with me, it's just clarity.fm forward slash Richard Cooper. Let me see who's here in the private chat waiting to hop in. I think uh, we got a guy named Scott that has a question that was in earlier. Uh, Okay, let's throw Scott on. He's playing not to lose right now. There you go. Scott, can you hear us okay?
6: Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, wow, Rich. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, so your private message says I'm playing not to lose right now. So what's going on?
6: Yeah, so I'll just give you a little background. I'm 38, no kids. Can you hear him?
0: Oh, you can't hear him? I can't hear him. Can you uh, hear me, Rich? I can hear you. I'm not sure why Scott can't hear you. Hang on a sec. Uh, let's hide that and check. No, you're not muted, Scott. Mr. Huh. Carr, sorry. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I hear you fine. I, I see. I, can you see his face or do you just see it? An uh, my screen
6: is blocked
0: out. Well, he's, he's got his camera off, but that's fine, but I can hear him. What I'll do is I'll just repeat the okay. question to you if, sure, that, sure. if that works. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely.
6: Yeah, so um, I'm 38, no kids. I'm working at a college right now in the finance department. I'm making about 70K per year. I've been doing this for 12 years. There's a good pension, but uh, I just I hate the work. I don't like the atmosphere. It's a college, so all your viewers know what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't have Canada to say much about
6: uh, it's in Canada, but
0: so it's a socialist it's, college then.
6: Yeah, it's, just, it's delusional. That's why he doesn't have um, his
0: camera on. So we'll just go with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That
6: is the reason. Okay. Um, right. so I'm thinking about doing a career change to something like the, uh, FBI or CIA or the equivalent of what we have up here.
3: Yeah. That's um, still,
0: that's still playing. That's still playing not to lose. Right. I mean, it's just a better game is all it is. It's just more of a, you know, parallel move. Um, yeah. Is that, you know, is that what you want to do? Like there's lots of um, jobs you can get at places like CSIS or whatever. Right.
6: Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I'd want to kind of become not in the finance department. It would be more of like a special agent type thing. So I'd be going for the action and adventure. Mm -hmm. So I was just wanting to kind of get your guys take on it. And if there was a, you know, just, I'm just concerned about uh, like the crazy hours and, what it would do to uh, kind of like my relationships and lifestyle. Uh, I'm a single guy right now, but if there's uh, any advice from like the guys that have done this type of work, like
0: the pros and
6: cons of that type of thing.
0: Okay, well, I haven't been a spy yet. I've dreamt about being a spy. Obviously, (laughs) I've got uh, James Bond here behind me on the wall, Aston Martin. (laughs) Um, so Scott, huh. so his his question, just to reiterate it, is he works in a college, hates the socialist environment, uh, makes seventy grand a year, has a pension, blah blah blah, but he's dying a slow death. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. So exactly, thinking, what do I do? Do I go work for CSIS or something like that? CSIS is the Canadian intelligence agency. Here, I don't, I'm not sure what the acronym stands for, but it's CSIS. Um, pay is going to be a lot higher. There's going to be more benefits. There's obviously more risk, more excitement. still not playing to win though it's still playing not to lose it's more safe um so the question really boils down to me you know for me scott you know as a caller is what do you want to do man like like what matters to you because if you've always wanted to work for the canadian government as a spy then that's cool maybe that is playing to win for you um you know what that's
6: a really good question that uh, i need to ask myself
0: that's what i'd be asking but from my perspective, it's not a playing to win move, right? Like it's not, it's not going to put a dent in your universe. It's not going to give you the like, really, and truly the only way that you're ever going to have financial freedom and the ability to have fu money and tell people to pound sand is if you is if you build your own successful business, that's really the only way because you're still going to be at the mercy of the government telling you when and where you've got to work and what you got to do and what uniform you have to wear and what tests you got to take and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you just have to understand that you're always going to be working for somebody if that's the way that you're going to go about it. That's all.
6: Um, great point. Thanks for the advice, Rich.
0: All right, dude. Thanks, man. Peace. Peace out. I'm not sure why you couldn't hear the yeah, audio. That's, People in the chat yeah, said they could hear
2: uh, it. Huh? I wonder if he could hear me. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just weird. I could see the thing moving, but, uh, yeah, it's bizarre. but yeah, that's interesting. I, I got that. He wanted to, he wanted to do a different job. Um, but you're right. Um,
0: Scott said he. Could I mean, hear let's you. say. He, yeah. Okay.
2: Well, let's say he he went to that new job, and his supervisor was an asshole. Mm-hmm. I mean, then he's more unhappy at the job that he wanted than the job that he had.
0: I I think that that the point that he was making with working at the college is like it's just going to shit. <laughs>
2: no, I get <laughs> it. I, I was a state employee for ten years. Yeah. And so I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, which yeah, he's you, saying to the house, yeah. But if you're unhappy, you, my my thing is if you're unhappy, Believe, you have man. to make a change quick.
0: Yeah, like like even even moving into something like the police services, or if it's going to be CSIS or or something like that, it sounds like anything is going to be better than dying by a, a thousand paper cuts, right? Right,
2: right, <laughs> right. Uh,
0: we got a guy waiting to hop on. His name is Italy, or or sorry, Itay. So let's let's throw him on because he's been waiting for a bit. Itay. Uh, pronounce it tight: hello Ite. hi guys Itai. uh thanks for having me fire away man you got a question yeah i do
1: uh so i assume it's an issue that plagues mostly younger generations uh, i like can't me. hear him uh, you oh, can't man. hear me
0: you know what scott um leave the broadcast and then come back in maybe you lost a signal or, or something like that but okay just stay, really yeah come back i and see if that works i'm
2: gonna i'm gonna shut it down and come back all right,
0: all right. carry on with the question though
1: Okay. So I assume it's an issue that uh, plagues mostly younger generations, like people who are born into the internet, like me, um, 25. And that's the issue of instant gratification. Like if you want to meet a girl, you go on Tinder. You want to see naked women, you go porn. um, You want food and you're too lazy to make it. You just order food. So uh, I've tried to open three businesses so far. The first one broke down. It was an e-commerce business. It broke down because I wasn't passionate about it and the I just wasn't interested about the product. Mm. Second one broke down because just me and my partner, it just took us too long to develop it. And both of us lost interest over time. Third one died out because I just noticed after a short time that the partner I choose to do it with just wasn't a good pick. It wasn't built to, uh, run his own business. Yeah. So now I starting a new project with a friend that I actually know for a long time and he's tested. I know he can carry through a business. Um, And it's a project that we're both very uh, passionate about, very interested, and it's a very good idea. It's the type of thing that can make us money while we're sleeping. The issue is that we're both students and we all have a bunch of shit running around in the background, Mm -hmm. so we can't just focus on it and run on it as fast as possible. So we both find ourselves in a situation that we figure out that like a week went by and neither of us worked on it whatsoever, so we need to kick ourselves in order to get back on it. So my bottom line is, uh, what would you recommend for people to stay focused and prepare yourself for, uh, for the long run?
0: So sorry, you said you're 25, right? Yeah. And you've been running these different businesses with the same partner or no, not with the same partner, different partners, every time, different partners, every time. And you're in school full time. Yeah. Where do you live by the way? Currently I'm in North York, Ontario. Okay. So you're, so you're in my town. Um, Here's the thing. <laughs> um there's one common denominator that I've heard you say that is, and it's like every single business has been started with a partner. And was there a synergy there or was it just cuz you guys are friends and you don't want to do something by yourself? No, like the, first own, the first one I did on my own. The first one I started on my own.
1: And it just, mm-hmm. uh, fell apart because the main focus of it was to make money. And it wasn't something I was passionate or interested about.
0: Okay. So you built a business that you hated and then what was the second
1: business? The second business was with a friend, somebody a I knew, yeah, a partner. Mm-hmm. And that guy already, already has a business that he established. Okay. Right. He has a running business right now with software development. Mm-hmm. So he's also sort of tested. He also know the paces and. But he wasn't dedicated to this one. He wasn't doing the work. No, he was doing the work. It just happened that over so happened, time, that over time, both of us, the slug, just we lost business over time. I, okay. Uh, it's very hard for me to pinpoint exactly when. It just was some very long and gradual process that we just, some point, just decided to
0: stop. Did you learn from all these experiences? Like, what did you learn? <sighs> Probably that I need to be more active about, like,
1: actually pushing time to work on the business inside my schedules.
0: hmm but, it, well it's well it's a big commitment right I mean, yeah it's, of course it's really a lot more work than what most people think because not only are you doing the marketing and the shipping and the fulfillment and the accounting and you're cleaning the office too and vacuuming the floors and all that bullshit right cool. yeah of um, course. you know when you're doing all those things you can be quite quite busy with your schedule and being a student's very very hard um what are you taking in school like what are you trying to do with the school like what's the point of
1: school uh, I study information security, so it's very technical. I need to learn all the laws around it, all the technical stuff. And I'm in a college, not a university, so I actually do practical shit, and not just some th- some theoretical stuff that I might never touch.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this new business that you're doing, what's it all about? What does it do?
1: It involves machine learning and uh, data mining.
0: Okay. What do you think, Scott?
2: Uh, how, how quickly can you get to revenue with the project?
1: Time-wise? Yeah. I honestly can't tell. I would think that if both of us would commit to it, one not, not 100%. We can't 100% because both of us right. are students. But I think that, I don't know, maybe two, two and a half months, we can actually have something that we can actually present and sell. Mm. Right. That, and, the, and the reason I asked the question is because Um,
2: money is a great motivator and if you're slogging and you're going slow and it's in two months, turns into six, turns into eight, turns into 10, turns into I'm losing interest. So the quicker you can get to that first dollar, Mm -hmm. the more excited you're both going to be. And you're going to be like, let's skip class today. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. If you can take a break from your course for a semester, let's say, and just go all in, just go balls deep, just mm-hmm. say, you know what, mom, dad, I'm not going to quit school. I'm just going to take this semester coming up off.
1: That's not really an option for me. I'm an international student and I'm obliged to study full time or else I'm mm-hmm. losing my student visa and get kicked out. So school has to be my top priority. Okay. Can and... you take
2: 12 hours of, of bullshit courses?
1: <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That's I mean, a good question. 12, <laughs> right, around, yeah. round through it? Unfortunately, no they they're not the courses i need to complete my program aren't being offered like gotcha. well
0: how, how many hours a day are you in courses
1: it's uh not a whole lot it's mostly uh the well homework they gave us i do spend quite sure. a time on that i'm also i'm also training uh, like about some um, i'm doing Krav Maga and MMA some like uh four or five hours a week and i don't have a car so i'm traveling by bus that takes a big chunk of my time
0: how much time are you spending on the business currently i'm basis. trying to spend spend at least four hours a week yeah you're yeah you're not playing to win on this one you're playing not to lose right hmm. like i mean you're spending as much time on martial arts as you are on the business hmm. And then, you've, and then you've got the excuse that you can't take a semester off because um, you're on a student visa. I bet there's a way around that, by the way. I'm sure you could fight a way around that if you really looked hard. But I mean, like, here's the thing. I mean, when you want to get something done, when you want to be successful at it, you will find a way to make it happen. If you don't, then you'll find an excuse, right? right. So right now you're... Um, you know, you're filling the why I can't do this with, well, I can't, uh, take a semester off because if I do, then I'm gonna lose my student visa. I'm gonna have to leave. Um, or whatever the other narrative might be that follows with that sort of thing. But you have conversations with, I'm sure people like, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, when he was starting up Facebook, I'm, I'm pretty sure that got in the way of school for him. Right. Yeah. So it's, really just a matter of aligning yourself, your time, your, I mean, at no other time in your life will you have more free time than you do right now, right? The older you get, you have, you know, you have women involved in your life. You have kids, you know, if that's where you're going, you're not going to have the time to do any of this shit. And right now you've got, you've got the luxury of something that I or Scott don't have because you like, you don't have a family. You don't have a, like a business you're running with full details. Like the startup phase should, should be fun. Like one of the things that you should be doing is being like, shit, man, I just worked for six hours straight or I was coding for six hours straight and it felt like 30 minutes. Right? Like time will just fly for you.
2: Yeah. Right? The pa- well, you must not be passionate about it because if you, you've got to find the part of it that you're passionate about and do that. That's what I say. Because if it's not fun, you're not going to do it. If it's not fun, you're not going to do it. Like martial arts is fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's why you get on a bus and go do it, and so you got to find fun in the creation of your business.
0: I like. like I'm almost wondering if you really like martial arts, Krav Maga, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, why don't you create a business around something that you already love to do, right? Because right now you're saying there's like I got these three things: I got school, I got my martial arts practice, and I got my business that I'm trying to start with my friend. You've learned two or three times now how not to run a business. Okay. You didn't lose you learned you always have to look at it as i didn't lose anything here at this time with this commitment and everything i learned these things right so don't lose learn so that's the first lesson the second thing is what you've been doing it really hasn't been working that well for you and i'm almost wondering if you're creating businesses that you hate right huh or the process
2: or maybe you just hate
0: the, the process. process or maybe you hate the process maybe you're not. A, you know, maybe you're not not an entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, my my strong belief, my burning belief is, if you if you're really good at something and you have a strong burning desire for it, like I always tell my guys, um, in my men's community, whenever they post something about a girl with, you know, they you know they're sending me mixed messages or whatever. Women don't send mixed messages, right? That's if they have exactly strong right. burning strong burning desire, you're gonna know. Right. They only send mixed messages when there's a conflict between, you know, the amount of interest that they've got in you sort of thing. So, yeah, like you, I wonder making- if you actually dig what you're doing. Right, you make a great point, Rich. You're like, if it's if the
2: level of interest is not seven or above, forget about it. Is it seven or seven or above or eight or above? I
0: say I say nine or ten is strong interest. Nine or a ten. Seven yeah. or eight's kind of indifferent, and six or right. lower is um, more of a detractor. And I basically take that from the Net Promoter Score, which is a system that I use in my debt business to evaluate customer satisfaction. Right. A lot of people right. think like a seven or eight's a high level of interest, but it's not. It's really passive.
2: Right. You like eight and
0: nines. I like nines and tens, man. Nines and tens, yeah. Yeah. Nines and tens, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so my question to you is is this business like a hell yeah for you? Because if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a fuck no.
1: Um well the core for it was my idea and I was uh very like um I hate to use the word passionate, but I was almost like, you know, you get that trigger and you get that spark. That was mm-hmm. the feeling sure. I had when I first came up with that. Sure. And I really do want to roll with it. I really do want to run with it for the long run. Um,
2: is there a way to roll roll with it without you having to type in every line of code? It's it, it software. Is that right? Yeah. I was gone when you said exactly what it was. But yeah, if it's software, is there, I mean, I don't know what your financial situation is, but there's you can outsource a lot of coding if it's not too proprietary. Mm-hmm. Um you know what I mean? Could you outsource yeah, yeah. any of it and say, "Hey, I want this subroutine. Here's fifty bucks. Ooh. Could you put it together where you don't, where you can be in Krav Maga and it's being written for you?"
0: Where are you from? You're from Israel. Europe or Israel. Okay. Yeah. Well, can you get coders out in that part of the world for cheaper? For cheaper, no. Than what you're paying here, or, or than what you're doing? Are you? Uh, let me just rephrase the question. Are you mm-hmm. really good at it? Like, are you world-class at what you do? World-class, no, not by any stretch. Okay. Are you, are you good at it or are you really good at it? Good at it. Okay. So it sounds to me like it's something that you shouldn't be doing then. Because if you've got like overall vision, then what I would do is I would wireframe it, mm-hmm. basically like lay it all out, what you need it to look like, and then contract it out for somebody to write the code.
2: And then if you, if you can't afford to do it, then, you know, get some raise some friends and family money, which is a is a different subject altogether and has some or, downsides.
0: Or find to find your Steve Wozniak, right? Like find your inside guy that will sit there all night in front of the computer coding away like a fucking maniac, right? All and right. maybe give him some equity in the business, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not world class at it, and it doesn't sound like you enjoy it, because you're because you're prioritizing hopping on a bus to do martial arts over it then it sounds to me like somebody else should be doing that uh, sticky part of the business that you're not really digging. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, cool. Um, All right. I'm going to make some room. Uh, bring one more person on before we wrap up. It's good All talking right. to you. Great. Thanks for the advice. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, let me see what I got here in the chapel. We'll, we'll do one more, man. You good for one more?
2: Absolutely, yeah, for sure. All
0: right, actually wait before we do one more, let me grab uh the banner here cuz uh you are my channel sponsor, Scott. I want to I want to thank you for what you do. Uh, uh grondike Soap Company, tactical soap, firm infused soap and beard oil.
2: coopersoap.com will get you the 10% yeah. automatically.
0: coopersoap.com and there's a handsome fellow on those bottles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the link's in the low bar below um check out with coupon cooper you'll get 10 percent off there hey sure.
2: thank you and thank you guys for for buying this out yeah i really yeah.
0: appreciate it uh, definitely appreciate the support all right let me see who we got here uh i'm gonna bang in job 120 uh 34 it's killing me okay let's grab james here all right james you're up
8: yo what's up rich how you doing man hey good hey man yeah. i've been a member of your channel since the early days
0: well thank you for your long-term support brother
8: hell yeah Hey, love what you do. Appreciate it. Uh, just to cover it, like I said, I'm in a pretty good job. It's uh, in the silicon business. I do um, engineering for equipment that makes semiconductors for all your cell phone and power amplifier needs, stuff like that. Um, I'm a process engineer. I design stuff for, you know, Apple, Intel. I got a bunch of patents. It's a killer job, but uh, it's a it's a slow roll, man. I'm, I'm death by a thousand paper cuts, as you like to say. hmm so, I've got a business pitch or idea, and I can't seem to get it off the ground because uh, financing is hard to get. And it's in the esports space, which is uh, basically video gaming televised as a as a tournament competition. There's a lot of big money rolling into it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know people are saying that it's going to be bigger than the Super Bowl by 2022. Okay, so the game space is essentially uh, a throwback to old school times, like a cyber cafe, except for this is a high end gaming pet pa- PC cafe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've visited several people in the area. There's not a lot of people doing it. So I got to drive pretty far, but you know, there's three different business models I've seen. One is, you know, Uber high end, so much expense and the startup. I have no idea how these guys have been in business for a year and a half. Uh, there's another one that's low key, you know, some old couches. It looks like somebody rummaged through a college move out pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and There's one that's kind of in between and they host events and most of their business comes on Friday and Saturday where they would fill all of these rigs with people host a tournament. There would be some money up for grabs and all of them have a subscription style revenue for their regulars or their locals, if you will. Yep. That's um, the way to go. So I really dig the business model, and I've also got a lot of insight on how to be build really good PCs for really cheap. So I think I've got a competitive edge on the startup. But uh, you know, in the area that I live in, you know, rent's going to be twenty k a month. So uh, I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, and um, what's the startup capital that
8: you need? Like how much you need? About one hundred and fifty grand is what I've figured out.
0: Okay, that's not a lot. So, I mean, uh, you're making one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Do you have any money saved up?
8: Yeah, I have about half of it, seventy five. Uh, mm-hmm. I got wiped out in a divorce two years ago, so mm. trying to build okay. it.
0: Okay, okay. So, like, this is the play to win move here for you. Like, this is yeah. it. like you're thirty-four. You want to have a solid win out of this. What's the best way to approach it, huh? Yeah. What do you think, Scott?
2: And and, and let me just to be clear, you you want to open up a a brick and mortar event space is it just one that you want to you want to just open one you want to roll it out over the
8: all over the country I'm or i'm hopeful to chain it yeah uh i want to i want to get into that space quickly before it blows up anymore i mean you've, you guys have probably seen there's some million dollar two million dollar tournaments these young kids Absolutely. are going and uh slaughtering each other what's
0: the um what's the advantage to playing side by side in a brick and mortar location versus doing it from your home like, why <laughs> so why would you want to do general- that way.
8: The general feedback is, is twofold that I get. Number one is they can experience it on a rig that they can't really afford. Okay. And number two is the social aspect. It's sort of a wide open space, you know, also comfortable spaces, some vending, you know, snacks, stuff like that. So, um, right.
0: So why don't you set it up like it's um, – what's that guy's name, uh, Dana White? UFC guy yeah the UFC guy right like you know when I was a kid there was WWF right you know you're about the same age as me Scott you know you had Hulk oh, Hogan yeah. and Macho Man Absolutely. Randy Savage you know all the big names right mm-hmm. and then along comes this guy and he goes you know what I'm going to do a octagon shaped ring with a cage and I'm going to just fight whatever way you want go for it and people were kind of laughing at him he's like yeah fuck whatever buddy we're we're WWF you think you're going to take us down why don't you set it up as an event James
8: yeah so that's kind of the plan it's it's uh you know to, to develop into that to get the resources i've got a whole idea but, for lights and, I mean, like and stuff need space, like that
0: right but i mean like you don't need to own space or to lease Correct. space for that right i mean like you can move it around you can put your like when a when a band tours they put all their shit in like solid crates and they kind of move it from place to place right yep <clears throat> so why not do it like a tour where you go from city to city Um, You know, you bring your high end rigs with you and you kind of move them around. You set them up in a room. You have uh, pretty girls walking around with not a lot of clothes on, serving food and drinks. And, you know, all the geeks come in and play their video games. Sounds
2: good to me. It's like the Tough Man contest. Remember Tough Man competitions? Yeah, like yeah. dude, like
0: I always look for ways not to spend money when it comes to startup. I love lean startups. I love not blowing money. Like every business that I've been successful at, I've I've made a profit from day one. I've never lost money. So I get scared when somebody says, "Well, I need one hundred twenty thousand dollars to get this thing off the ground because I got to get space and rigs and all this sort of thing." I'd go looking for a way to like, if you got sixty grand, then that's what you got to work with. That's the budget. How do you make it work with sixty? let's play to win with 60 okay because i mean if you lose the 60 it's a lot better than losing 120
8: oh hell yeah it is especially at this point in life because i'm almost at the uh too old to fail point right yeah yeah
0: no i like it man i dig it i think it's yeah i think it's a good I mean, idea too Yeah. i mean the only problem that i can really see with it is that you're constantly going to have to be upgrading the rigs because like what's the lifespan on those a year six months two years
8: It depends. I mean, they they come out with new processors all the time, but Mm -hmm. the lifespan, I'm still playing on a 10 year old processor right now and it's just fine. Okay. So, I mean, it it purely depends on uh, the target market and I'm sure there's going to be people that are like, oh, this has got, you know, last year's PC in it, you know, negative review type shit, but you know, whatever.
0: The other thing that you'd want to do is build a loyal audience that follows you. So I don't know what that looks like for you. If it's on Twitch, if it's on YouTube, you know, whatever that might look like. But you want to be able to own your audience. So if you're gonna if you're gonna attract people to the venue to come and play and pay for it, um, it should be easy for you. Like you should just put up a notification, be like, "Hey guys, I'm doing this," and you know, 343 people show up on a live broadcast that you do.
8: Yeah. So, so that's a, in the forward business plan with doing exactly what you're saying. I was envisioning some mobile trucks and a setup. And I also wanted to get into betting for the events because I feel like if it becomes anywhere close to what people project, like Super Bowl size, people are going to be interested in, in throwing side bets on that.
0: Betting is that's where you're going to make the money. Maybe, yeah. hey, 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 here's an idea. You don't need rigs for betting. You don't need space for betting. Why don't you just create a betting system that runs on somebody else's event? Yeah, yeah, it's, dude. It's it's almost all profit.
8: Exactly. That's that's where my head's at in the in the long term. But I mean, that's where the gold mine of, is. What kind of capital do you need to to start securing bets? I don't know. I
0: don't do bets, but but you don't <laughs> need rigs. Yeah. You don't need space. You don't need tables. You don't need like it's just it's just it's a just tracking a, system.
2: An offshore. Yep offshore webs web uh
0: yeah i mean like you're gonna have to do some legal work to make sure that you don't get thrown in jail but yeah but yeah that Fire all fell. sounds
2: really that sounds really cool all of that
0: i like it
8: all right well i appreciate it all right man thanks for joining us hey good yeah, luck thank with you. that it's good talking yep. to you see ya. all
0: right see you man all right uh i think with that being said we're at the 90 minute mark brother
2: all right. That went fast, didn't it? Went that was really fun, fast, didn't it? That was yeah, fun, man. I enjoyed yeah.
0: it. I really hope you guys watching enjoyed it. Um, that was that was a fun conversation piece, man. Um, I think sure. I'm going to do another one. Uh, I, I'm going to do these bi-weekly, though, guys. So you're watching. I'm going to rotate uh, the people that I bring on with me. Um, like I said earlier, I've got about a dozen people on my list, so I'll line up somebody else for two, uh, two weeks' time. If you want to know who it is and... When it is, it'll be in two weeks on, uh, let me grab my calendar here, October the 3rd. So we'll do it October the 3rd, same place, same time, two weeks time. I'll have uh, another co-host with me on this one. Probably bring uh, Scott back on in the future, it was fun having Yeah, I would love that, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was good It was good hanging on, man. appreciate you joining right. me for this. For
2: sure, for sure. I appreciate you letting me be part of it.
0: Yeah, just quick shout out to the Super Chat. What do you say, I'm 20, do I follow the passion or the money? Follow the passion and the money. Passion, <laughs> like, here's the thing, right? I mean, if you follow the passion and then it turns into a hobby and you're not making money, all you're doing is you're walking around telling people you're an entrepreneur, but you're really running a, a hobby, right? That's when, yeah. you, that, that's when you bring your pitch on a shark tank or a dragon's den and you pitch it to them and they tell you to beat it with a stick and bury it six feet under you know, right. your business. You're losing money. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> money so must fall. <laughs> what, is, what is the point of a business? Is it must make a profit for its shareholders? Right. That's, that's where a lot of guys go wrong.
2: What's so beautiful is just about any passion can be monetized now with the internet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's not always what you think it was, right? Like so many businesses pivot over time, right? Oh, of course, man. We could be talking like this for three hours straight, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's, that's, it's been fun, man. Um, Hey, yeah,
2: thank you a lot.
0: Yeah, Scott, thanks for joining me. I'll, I'll catch sure. up with you real soon. Uh, guys, again, the um, link for the, let me just drop it there one more time, uh, tactical soap and beard oil. Just go to coopersoap.com or click the link below. Check out with coupon code Cooper. You get 10% off. Thanks, Scott.
2: Hey, thank you. Hey, have a great night.
0: You too, brother. Take care. See you guys later.